three wing targets that the Phoenix Suns could look at in the NBA trade market, an early survey of that market, campaign out for one week. What does it mean for the Suns? And a quick preview of the Suns' upcoming game against the Sacramento Kings. Catch it right now on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every morning for the latest Suns news, analysis, interviews, my personal opinions, if that's your thing as well. You can follow the show here at Locked On PHX Suns on Twitter if you don't already. Follow me on Twitter at Brendan Clean. 14. If you'd like to do that as well, subscribe, listen to our show here on YouTube, Locked on Suns on YouTube, as well as on every single audio platform that you can possibly find. That's where you can listen, you can watch on YouTube, and we are here to just recap the day in Suns news. A lot to get to. Early look at the trade market, like I said, some guys that I've teased before, some guys that I have not brought up on the show We'll do three of those, and then we will look at the Cameron Payne injury, the trickle-down effects there, what does it mean for the Suns, and last but not least, a few quick thoughts for you here on this Wednesday to get ready for Suns versus Kings. Home game number two, despite a weird week for the Suns and this looming Robert Sarver story, I'm still excited to watch these games, continue to see how this team adjusts, figures things out, and goes after a title for another season. But let's hit the trades. Let's hit these trades. Let's start with a guy who I think will be familiar to many of you who I've been talking about so much that I even came up with a nickname for him. That's right, Tradius Young. Uh, of course, real name Thaddeus Young. I, I do know that he uh, he has a real name. I don't know if he has a real team. I don't know if he has a real home right now because he is still completely out of the Spurs rotation, clearly on the outs there, clearly waiting for a suitor to come snatch him up. So I think those rumors are not going to go away, whether it's the Suns or elsewhere. But again, as I said on yesterday's show, somebody close to that situation was able to tell me that that deal, the one that had been reported for a while, brought Jake Fisher on the show a couple of weeks ago to talk about. So of course, I've been expecting it too, um, is not currently being discussed. That one was Thaddeus Young and Jalen Smith. It doesn't seem like that's being that's on the table right now, that that's something that's close to happening or likely to happen. Um, And look, the Spurs are notoriously fickle. They don't make a lot of trades. And on the Suns side, I mean, as weird as this situation is, I would imagine that uh, they're not looking at trades right now. You know what I mean? Not to say that they would not upgrade the, the team if the opportunity arose, but I would imagine that this one of the lingering effects of a story like this hanging over the franchise in this waiting game of when ESPN might report uh, release this story means that you're not necessarily working the phones to the extent that you might otherwise. And teams don't make trades this early in the season. So I don't know what's going on in San Antonio, but I don't think the Suns are really, really pushing for Thad right now. And I don't know if that situation gets clarified anytime soon, which brings us to guy number two here on this list, Harrison Barnes. Now, he is at $20.3 million this year, $18.4 million next year, which is helpful for the Suns tax situation that it goes down. That's a number where you could get to it with Jalen Smith and say, 
Dario Saric, as an example, you know, it kind of has to be those guys. And of course, you have to hope that somebody wants to take back Saric and you probably have to give some sweetener on that. But Barnes has been a guy who's been talked about as a trade chip for a long time, um, has stayed put and been extremely productive for the Kings, been one of the bright spots for that team for quite a while now. He's a solid shooter, solid playmaker. He can score at all three levels. He can score in the post. He was even uh, closing a game for them earlier this year in the first week of the season as a center because he's 6'8 and has that strength. Um, you can try, I mean, I, do you want to give him the ball and have him go to work? I mean, Sacramento and Dallas now, he's shown that that's not necessarily his best role, but on a team in Phoenix where he'd be third, fourth option a lot of the time when he's on the floor and he's somebody that can at least put the ball on the ground, create a shot for himself in a pinch, not be a turnover prone player be a veteran who knows what he's doing. I think all that stuff is good. The only downside, despite, I mean, he's only 29, so it's not like you're worried about his body necessarily falling apart or him aging poorly for the next couple seasons while he's still under contract, but his defense just even at his in his prime at his peak was, you know, maybe above, slightly above average at best. You know, he was the, the death lineup piece, but he was, you know, the probably the weakest link, the guy who's, you know, he's kind of like the not killing you type on defense or the, you know, kind of right place type of player. He's not somebody who's going to be a difference maker, but, you know, again, this is a team that would make him its fourth wing, you know, fifth wing, depending on how you look at lineups. So in that role, that's a perfectly great player to have and, and definitely more productive than Smith or Sharich are right now. Probably somebody who you'd prob- you'd want to think about giving up a first-round pick for in the future. Now, of course, their, their salary situation and all that stuff with the extensions that they gave out in the Aiton, all that is still lingering, so it's going to be a hard thing. But I do think the de-escalation, the de-escalation part of that contract, the fact that it goes down from this year to next year, means you could probably trade him again if you wanted to. I just think... He's a very use, useful player. His salary is not too high. It makes a lot of sense. Lastly, Eric Gordon, who we know the Suns had interest in once upon a time when he was first a restricted free agent and trying to get his way out of New Orleans, traded for Chris Paul as well, um, as all of us remember. And that would be a funny full circle thing. But he's not a player I really thought about a lot until this season. And he started pretty well this year. He is basically the same as Barnes. He's only under contract this year and next year. He does have a non-guarantee the following season, but that's easy to get rid of. 18.2 this year, so a little lower, and then 19.6 next season. That is guaranteed, and he's 33 almost. So in that case, in that situation, you're, you're talking about a player who you are a little bit worried about on the age range and especially committing to him next season. Um, but you know, he's played well next to Chris Paul in the past as a three and D guy. He plays, he's played for small teams before, so he understands the switching. He's always been an efficient scorer and shooter. He has good range. He has a quick release. I think he would fit very well in this offense. Another guy like Barnes, who, if he needs to put the ball on the floor, make a play for his himself or his teammate, he can do that. But his defense, even with those Houston teams that were great as teams defensively was, has always graded out in the negative. So, you know, he's probably a little bit overpaid for for what he is and he's getting older and you do worry he's had injuries recently. Last year he just sat a lot of the time because they were tanking, but he has dealt with injuries often during his career. So, it's probably not, you know, something you do unless you can convince yourself he is the difference between, you know, 
a second round exit in a finals berth or a championship. I'm not sure you can make that case, but if this does continue to trend this way where he plays well this year, he's on the market and you know, the Suns can get him at a reasonable price. He's one of those luxury pieces where, you know, would you rather have him on the floor or Abdul Nader? If you can upgrade that little incremental stuff in your rotation, you give yourself a better shot to win a ring. And that's where the Suns need to be looking. Okay. Those are three guys. I probably would rank them Barnes, Gordon, Young in terms of who I would want to go get and combine that with the likelihood of it happening. I just don't know what to make of that San Antonio situation. And the more that I watch this team, as I told you guys yesterday, the more I feel like they need a wing more than they need a big or a forward per se, especially with the idea that Sharich will probably be back at some point, even if it is the playoffs. I don't know if you can trust that, but I also don't think you need to feel like you have to upgrade it with Aiton and McGee already there as well. So that's where I would go. That's where I'm looking right now. I'm sure more names will come up as time allows. Let me know by below in the comments section or at Locked on PHX Suns who you are looking at in the trade market across the NBA. I'd love to hear your ideas. We will get to the Cameron Payne injury, a right hamstring strain. He'll be reevaluated in, it looks like, a week, but that doesn't mean he couldn't be out longer. So we'll talk about that situation, what comes next, and what that means for the team. First, though, a quick word from Sweatblock. The little secret to confidence right in your back pocket. We've been telling you about the successes of Locked On listeners, which we love to hear, who tried Sweat Block and loved it. The Sweat Block is a wipe, not a normal deodorant, and it stops sweat in its tracks for seven days. It seems folks have been listening and trying it, so I will tell you a couple more of their stories. Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who was working on the set of a Marvel movie. 18-hour days out in the Atlanta heat. Yes, they shoot those movies in the complete sweat trap of Atlanta. Great job to have, not a great situation to be out in the outdoors in. She heard about Sweatblock, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reported that one of the A-list actors uses it to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. Another success story. Avid soccer player. Heard us talking about Sweatblock, thought it was too good to be true, but gave it a try because... Unfortunately, he had always been the wettest guy out on the field and in the locker room, so he thought he'd give Sweatblock a shot, tried it, and the next day his pits were completely dry. He didn't have to reapply, he says, for nine days. Now, he is a true Sweatblock believer. So there you go. Locked on listeners love Sweatblock. It stops excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended, and it's not just for armpits. You can use it for your chest, back, feet, hands, whatever you need it for and it will work. Just apply that wipe. They say to do it before you go to bed. Let it soak in. Wake up. You're good for days on end. So if you or maybe someone you love could use a, a wipe or two, go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On at checkout to get 20% off your order. Again, that's promo code Locked On at checkout for 20% off at sweatblock.com or check them out at Amazon and CVS. Cameron Payne, out for at least a week here. With the right hamstring strain, he already missed Saturday's game in Portland with, and that's not good news. We'll get into what that means in a second. Thank you first, though, for making Locked On Suns your first listen. Truly appreciate each and every one of you listening. This YouTube channel growing incrementally. We are getting back into the swing of things. I'm sure you guys are, too. I've noticed uh, the listenership and all that has been picking up with the excitement around the season, so I do appreciate it. Truly, I really do. Um, so thank you. That's not just something we say at the beginning of shows. I do mean it. Uh, let's go though. Cameron Payne, 
Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to get into the specifics of like the health situation or anything like that. That'll just be something we monitor, um, you know, missing a game. And then I think in, in, in my opinion, this is something I've been talking about for a while. This is the type of injury where maybe if you feel like this is a go get it season in the regular season, you operate things differently. I don't know the severity, but a one week thing, you know, maybe that's a, a situation where last year they go ahead and have him play or try to push it. We saw that with multiple players last season where they were playing even though they weren't fully right. And I think this is how they're going to handle things in the regular season. And I think it's the right call to do it that way. So reevaluated in one week doesn't mean he'll be back in one week. And that means he could, you know, miss quite a few games. He's definitely going to miss Wednesday. He'll miss the rest of this game's week, this week's games. And so you're, you're talking about maybe, you know, half dozen or so. And that's where you start to think about what's going to happen, right? Of course. So Alfred Payton, of course, is going to fill in, and that's a benefit here. I mean, that's why you went out and signed this guy. I think you probably, if you're James Jones, were thinking maybe Chris Paul will be the guy to miss some time. But, you know, regardless, you are having a situation now where your point guard is out, and Alfred Payton can step in. And so number one for me is Payton is going to need to learn to learn this offense and learn the decisions that Monty wants him to be making because... He is a player who tends to kind of freelance, do his own thing. There are th- there are reasons he stayed in the NBA. I mean, he can he can initiate an offense, he can push the pace, he can get to the basket, he can, you know, in an in a one-on-one isolation situation, he can, you know, play adequate defense, but he needs to learn both ends of the floor here and he needs to do it pretty quickly because he's going to be asked to play, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a night. Back up, backing up Chris Paul. If it was Paul out, then Payton could just up his minutes quite a bit and, and Peyton would have to play less, but they're going to still want to have Peyton, uh, Paul playing the normal 28 to 32. So that means Peyton's going to be playing, you know, 20 or more. So anyway, the idea is for me that you want to see Peyton adjust and take the right shots. He's taken so many mid-range pull-up shots. He has gotten slammed onto screens and not rotated the way you'd like to see him on defense. He just needs to play more efficiently and smarter while this opportunity is here for him. I also think you could see more Landry Shamit opportunities as a creator. He has already shown that in the pick and roll and in transition, he can see and make pretty solid passes. Like I do think we're seeing that already, which I was hoping and expecting we would, that he has a little bit in his bag in terms of passing. And I think you could see a little bit more of that. Now, I still think it'll be Peyton more often than not. I still think that it'll be, you know, him taking the pain role in the rotation. I think you could see those guys playing together, just like we've already seen. So you've seen Peyton and Paul. It does not help that all three of these guards have P names. I'm sure you can hear me suffering right here, and I do apologize for it. Um, But you'll probably see a lot of the same utilization of Alfred Payton that you saw for Cameron Payne. So Payton will be playing with Paul. He will be initiating. He will be pushing pace. He will be doing all those things. And it's an opportunity. We already know who Alfred Payton is, but I do still hold out hope that this system can help elevate him. Last but not least, I mean, this is just the reality. I do think this matters. You might drop one or two of these games. You may not have otherwise, especially because you're already seeing the ramifications of the Suns having a slow start, having some things to figure out. Now you're introducing yet another new piece of the rotation. So it's going to be, it does matter. It is going to matter. I do think it's going to be a storyline and it could hurt the Suns that you're dropping off from Payne to Payton. 
I also think this is to be expected. This is regression. This is what we thought would be coming this year. The Suns last season lost the third fewest games to injury in the entire NBA. So this was bound to happen. As I said, I also think they're bound to handle it more patiently, allow guys to rest. The regular season does not have quite as much meaning. The Suns proved they can win playoff games on the road. They proved that they can pile up wins when they are healthy. So there's no reason to push it and risk further injury. The ultimate goal is a ring this year, and I think this will be more of the norm. All right, let's get some thoughts on the Kings here and what that game could look like. Honestly, low-key a challenge, if I'm being honest, because the the Kings are able to exploit some of the things that the Suns are giving up right now, that they have struggled to stop in the early going this season. We'll get to that in just a sec. First, though, a quick word from Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, my favorite protein bar, and Built Bar loves to say the healthiest candy bar ever. They're also very kind givers, and they get to they allow me to get to tell you about the delicious things to come. So you can look forward to not only a limited time Halloween offer, the Halloween or the pumpkin puff. I don't actually know if that's available. I would go check it out. I do think that they're liable to put a flash sale up at any moment. And I think that could be coming soon. And coming up in the winter, blueberry muffin will be one of the seasonals. And I can vouch for that one as well. It is delicious. They somehow are able to put a blueberry or whatever other kind of fruit into a chocolate filled or a chocolate covered bar and have it taste good. I do not know how they do it. They are low in sugar, low in calories, and packed with protein, and they're all delicious. Pumpkin, blueberry muffin, or a classic favorite like double chocolate, my go-to, my one and only. Try it out. Try it for yourself. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. few quick thoughts on the Suns-Kings matchup, which I will be in attendance for tonight. The Suns currently over at betonline.ag, favored by eight in this matchup at home. But not to uh, jump the gun here, I like the, the Kings to cover, if not win this game. I think this will genuinely be a challenge. The Kings have only opened the season one and two, just like the Suns have. Their defense has been bad as usual, but I think their offense in particular and their depth are going to pose challenges for the Suns. The Kings so far this season, third best transition offense in terms of points added in transition per 100 possessions, third best in the NBA, Sacramento. And so they're going to be able to punish the Suns that way. I've been telling you guys the through line this entire season so far has been that transition defense, unless Mikhail Bridges is making some sort of saving, you know, out of nowhere play. The transition defense has been an issue. And so you match up a Kings team that always has had that as a strength since drafting De'Aaron Fox, combined with the Suns already struggling there. And you could see that really be a factor in this game. You know, if the Kings are able to get 20, 30 transition points, fast break points, things start to look a little bit different. Now, they're not necessarily the type of team that's going to create a bunch of turnovers and then go run out and transition and get those easy buckets, but they're going to run off of made field goals. They're going to run off of rebounds and they're going to be able to punish you. They're also taking and making a lot of threes, something they've done for a long time, even back to when Bogdanovich was still on this team. Buddy Hield is coming off the bench now, but they also have Tyrese Halliburton, who's a pretty good spot-up shooter. They play pretty small. We were just talking about Harrison Barnes to open this one, and all of those guys, including Fox himself, are capable of knocking down shots. That's also something the Suns so far this year 
have given up a lot of and have been burned by is giving up open threes and teams are executing and, and, and making them. Um, so you add in those kind of big picture problems and, and matchup problems. You also bring in the fact that Davion Mitchell has been a guy so far this year who has really surprised ball handlers. Donovan Mitchell early has been the guy that got highlighted, but Davion has been a very strong defensive player in isolation. And if they can put him on Chris Paul, on Alfred Payton, on Devin Booker, that can affect a few possessions. And then off the, the obvious other part of this that will be no surprise to Suns fans is that Rashawn Holmes is still on this team, just got paid, and has been a force on the boards. The, the Sacramento Kings' strength so far this season, one of them at least, has been offensive rebounding, has been rebounding in general. And so, you you know, it's not to say that that's always been a problem for the Suns, but they do tend to give up offensive rebounds from time to time just with how small they play. And so, you know, if you buy a few buckets with Holmes, you make a bunch of threes, you're able to attack and transition, and Davion Mitchell can make some some difference in terms of the individual defense, that's a recipe for the Sun for the Kings to sneak one out. Of course, now the Suns do have a rest advantage. They should be ready for this game. They're going to have, you know, the version of Devin Booker we saw on that road back to back, not the guy that was tired and out of sorts on opening night. So they should win this game. There's a reason they're favored. There's a reason that you all at home, I'm sure, are expecting a win. They are at home. All these things in their favor, but I would not overlook this game, and I do think it's going to be a closer one than you might think. Again, I do think that the Kings could cover that eight-point spread, and I think it'll be a good test at the end of the day for the Suns. And uh, we keep waiting for this Robert Server story. Tuesday, I told you guys I thought it was going to come out. I could have sworn. It felt like that was where we were headed. I don't know. We're in this limbo now. I, I don't have a prediction. I'm not going to waste my time asking around for when this story might come out. It's uh, not the point of any of this. And I don't think what Jordan Schultz did was super helpful to the situation. So I'm not going to add fuel to that fire, but I will be right here for you whenever the bombshell does come down. I'll be here for you post game tonight after the Sacramento game to recap everything going on there and keep it on the Locked On Suns YouTube channel or at Locked On PHX Suns for everything you need to know about the Suns. Constant updates as we get through this together. Well, we don't know where it's headed, but we'll, we'll, we'll have each other along the way. Enjoy your Wednesday, guys, and I will talk to you right after the buzzer.